Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Emotionally Online with your host, Maddie Drosvac. I can't get over how much I love the music for this podcast. <laughs> I don't think I ever said it, but I uh, just got some guy to do it on Fiverr. <laughs> it was like so random. When I did my old podcast many a year ago, um, I used Fiverr that time too and just gave the same like prompt to like three different artists and I picked my favorite one and the music that I had for my old podcast was like fine. I wouldn't say I love it the way that I love the music for the intro and outro of this show Um, and I only worked with one guy. I like just posted out a brief and he responded to my post on Fiverr being like oh I can do it. And he did it in like three days. And I, when I got the files and listened to it, I was like, holy shit. Either I wrote the world's greatest brief or this guy is inside my fucking brain. Because it was perfect. <laughs> so every time I'm editing the show and I listen to the music, I'm always like, damn, what a number that is. We got so lucky with that one. I'll link him in the description down below if any of you guys ever want to hire a Fiverr musician to make a little jingle for you. His name is Riley. Highly recommend. <laughs> um, how are we doing? How are we feeling? I've had a great week. We're on the up and up over here. I'm feeling like so inspired. I've had such a fun little fall week. I just feel so much happier the second it gets colder outside. I was saying to my best friend the other day that like September through March... I am so happy. I am at my peak September through March. And then, you know, April and May are fine because we're just starting to creep up there. But it's like the second it starts getting warmer, I start going, oh, here we go. Because I am miserable every summer. I'm so sad in the summer. I'm sweaty. I'm hot. I can't dress the way I want. I feel uninspired. Like every single summer without fail, I like start believing that I'm the worst version of myself. My self-esteem just plummets in the summer. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I like, I wish New York was colder. I wish that we had three seasons instead of four. I I'm, I know I say it all the time. I'm a broken fucking record, but seriously, abolish summer. I don't really think we need it. I don't personally need it. I I actually, this past weekend, I was going on a little hot girl walk. I was going to go just sit at a cafe and read my book, have a nice little beautiful fall day for myself. And I walked past this guy that I was dating in very recent history. I was just like, what are the chances of that? Like, I, I get that it's, you know, I'm dating people that live in the same neighborhood as me. So it's like, okay, there's a relatively high chance of me running into someone like Bushwick is a small place, but like Bushwick is big enough that like, what are the chances that you end up on the same block at the same time as someone that you just stopped dating? Like I've dated several people in Bushwick. Why didn't I run into them? Like, why was it the most recent one? And yeah, that's not even the first time that's happened. 
it's happened with other guys that I've gone out with too. And I'm always like, <gasps> and it's always right after we stop going out too. And I'm like, why? Like, I've never seen you around before. And now I'm going to see you around directly after it stops. Like, it just seems insane. Anyways, I've been sticking and watching my horror movies that I talked about last week. I missed a few days, but I caught back up. So here, I'll tell you all the movies that I've watched so far. I have to, okay, I'm holding Mango in both of my arms right now. I'm just like both, I'm wrapped around her and I need to pick up my phone to read out these movies. Okay, maybe I can do it from memory so I don't have to move her. She's just so sweet and precious. Like, I love that this is how she wants to exist. She just wants to live so close to me at all times. Anytime I, this is how we do life together 24 seven. So I sit here in this little corner of the couch. I read here. I watch TV here. She comes and sits on me and wants to be held. And, um, it's beautiful. It's everything I ever wanted. When I was looking to adopt a cat, I was like, I want a lap cat. I want a cat that is cuddly and that will be completely and utterly obsessed with me so the shelter that I adopted her from when they listed her for adoption um, they they put her up as being like this cat is clingy as fuck she loves attention she wants to sit on your lap and cuddle with you I saw a picture of her she had conjunctivitis both of her eyes when I adopted her she like looks awful but I was like that's the one (laughs) this fucking clingy cat with gunk in her eyes I love her. And um, look at us now, two years later, the best of friends. And I literally, I love her more than I love anything in the entire world. There is nothing that I love as much as I love this fucking cat. Oh my God. So anyways, we've been sitting here watching horror movies together. And um, okay, let me recount what I've watched. I'm going to have to look at this. Hold on. (laughs) I don't fucking remember. Sorry, honey buns. All right. So I told you guys about the first three movies that I watched last week. I watched Fresh, X, and Donnie Darko. This week, I watched Carrie, which Carrie was so fun. It was so good. I loved Carrie. I gave it a three and a half stars. Then I watched The Witch, which I gave two and a half stars because I didn't really like it. Sorry. (laughs) I posted a screenshot of these ratings on my Instagram last night and I've gotten so many DMs from people being like so offended that I gave the witch two and a half stars. Like, why is the witch rated so low? And I'm like, babe, it's because I didn't fucking like it. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I know a lot of people like the witch. I didn't really get why so many people like this movie, to be honest. I don't know. I, I sometimes I find it hard to get into movies set in that time period because I hate the way they speak. Thou ost, whomst is at the door. Like, I, I'm just over it a little bit. I, every time I see them, they come out in their stupid fucking pilgrim outfits. I'm like, boo. Stop that. You little old farts over here. <laughs> Dead in the dirt, old. <laughs> and I'm just not into it. So I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, but the main reason why I didn't really like it is because I didn't think it was that scary. And I found the horror to be kind of funny, but I don't think that they intended it to be funny, which that's my problem with a lot of horror movies, because I feel like in the horror genre, because you have to seriously toe the line 
of what is scary because if you step over it just a little bit all of a sudden it's hilarious and you have like a super funny movie (laughs) that you intended to be scary um but really it's just fucking funny and sometimes I'm cool with like funny scary movies when it seems like they're being funny intentionally when it seems like the movie is unintentionally funny uh I sort of like it less (laughs) I felt similarly about Texas Chainsaw Massacre which is what I watched the very next day because the special effects makeup is like kind of awful and so that in itself is kind of funny where you're like what the fuck like when they wheel out grandpa whatever makeup they had on grandpa's face was making me lose my fucking mind i'm that's the funniest looking dude i've ever seen in my life and then they make grandpa suck on her finger and she's like screaming because she thinks she's about to die but i'm like grandpa looking like that is now sucking on this bitch's finger that's super funny and I don't think that I I just feel like they didn't intend for it to be funny and so it made me go what the fuck is going on here but I still liked Texas Chainsaw Massacre I gave it a three stars I almost gave it two but then the last 20 minutes of the movie is pretty great so it got a three because of that but it was a similar thing where I was like what's going on here like when Leatherface spoke for the first time when the the other guy came in the room and was like, where are the, where are the bodies? Where did you put them? And he was like, oh, they're right in here. <laughs> like, what? What the fuck? Why did he talk like that? I just, you know, the whole movie, he's like just chopping people up with the chainsaw. And then they get him to talk. And he's like speaking in this high-pitched voice. Oh, they're right up here. I was like, the fuck just happened? I was dying laughing. Why did you, why did they make him sound like that? Not to mention the entire concept of like having a chainsaw murderer is kind of funny because it's the loudest fucking possible weapon ever. <laughs> it's like this guy's just running around killing people with a chainsaw and everyone's like didn't hear it. Huh? It like something about that in itself the concept is kind of fucking funny. So anyways, then I watched Spree, which is a horror movie, but it in, is intentionally funny. Um, it has Joe Carey, Joe Keery, sorry, Joe, as the main character, uh, Kurt Kunkel. And he's, it's about an Uber driver that's trying to like hit social media fame. So he's like, I'm going to commit a bunch of murders live while I'm driving for Uber And this is how I'm going to get social media famous. And usually I feel like movies that are in the social media world, they're telling some story about social media and wanting to be an influencer. And the, the movie is told through like social media clips. So you like see the record button and like the chat log on Twitch or whatever, like movies that use those elements usually are fucking bad because it just always seems like you have a bunch of old people that don't use social media creating the movie. And it's like, this isn't funny, you guys. (laughs) 
But this one actually, I didn't get cringed out by it. I think it was, it seemed obvious to me that there was a lot of younger minds working on this one. Um, it was funny as fuck. There were parts that I cringed at and was like, <laughs> genuinely was like icking out at. I gave it a three and a half stars. I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Pretty interesting. I was scared. I was invested. I was having a good time. And then the next movie I watched was No Exit. Um, did not expect to love this one as much as I did, but this is probably my favorite movie that I have watched this month so far. Um, it's about this girl who she gets snowed in. She's trying to drive somewhere and then there's this big blizzard and she gets snowed in and has to stay at this visitor center with like four other people that got snowed in and they were like the roads are closed down. They have to stay here to wait for the blizzard to pass. And um, while they're there, these four people, she goes outside to like see if she can try to get phone service and she finds a little girl kidnapped and tied up in the back of one of the vehicles And so then she has to figure out which of the four people she's trapped in the visitor center with is the kidnapper. And so she can try and save the little girl. Pretty juicy story. It was giving me clue vibes. I was like, ooh, murder mystery. And um, yeah, it gave me everything I needed and more. It shocked me at multiple points. There were some twists and turns in there that I did not see coming and it was really good. It was super scary. Very gross. Um, highly recommend that one. And then the last movie I watched this week was American Psycho, which I didn't realize that like basically every single viral TikTok audio has a fucking voiceover from American Psycho. But it was a it was an entertaining movie. It was good. I liked it. Four stars. <laughs> My ratings for movies are, I mean, there's some rhyme or reason to them, but they're mostly based off of vibes. Like, if if a movie is like objectively great, it's technically great. But I don't like it. I'm not gonna give it a five stars. Like, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, well, it's. Oh, it's really good. And I'm like going to pretend that I'm part of the Academy rating these fucking movies. Like, I don't care if this is the most well-made movie on the planet. If I didn't have fun watching it, I'm not going to give it five stars. If I was checking my phone the entire movie, clearly I didn't like it that much. So my score is mostly based off of feelings and vibes. I don't care how like perfect the movie is. Some of my favorite movies are also like some of the worst movies, right? I love Sleepover, 2004, the masterpiece, five stars. Nothing wrong with that movie. Not going to rewatch it to double check, but (laughs) I do love that one. But like, that's the thing. Like I, I, I need, I think that as people, we should all be able to rate books and movies and music, whatever the fuck we want to rate it. And we shouldn't be like questioned for why we rated that thing. That thing. Like it's just, it's not that good to me. It didn't hit the way that I wanted it to. I'm talking about the witch again. People were really, they were upset that I didn't like the witch. But listen, you might not like sleepover and I'm not going to bully you for that, except I might actually, I take it back. I might engage in some light bullying because you don't like sleepover because you're just objectively wrong for that. 
because it's a great movie. John Tucker Must Die. Oh, another early 2000s classic. Taste recognized taste. You know what I mean? So, um, but I think that everyone should just be able to rate movies without having to be like, oh, well, this is really good because if I was a member of the Academy, this movie is award winning. It's got many an Oscar. I don't care how many Oscars it has, okay? I checked my phone 27 times during the movie. I thought it was fucking boring. <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> In other news, the Try Guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to make you guys sit and listen to me talking more about the Try Guys drama, which I've been eating up, by the way. I've been in there sipping on this, just fucking consuming every piece of content I could possibly consume about it. I was born in 1997, okay? I was raised in that prime time of gossip tabloids. Of course, I fucking love it. I've been fully invested. Honestly, I love that cheating has become a cancelable offense again. I feel like there were a few years in there where cheating was taken off the table as being a cancelable offense because it was like, oh, all rich guys cheat. And everyone was just like, okay, yeah, ooh, so surprised that he cheated. And I don't know, it feels like recently people have been like, he cheated? (laughs) And like willing to cancel people for it. Which, you know, I'm not having a serious conversation here about canceling people for the things they do in their interpersonal relationships and what that means. Adam Levine was having the time of his life with the Try Guys drama. I just know it because the only reason we stopped talking about Adam Levine's cheating scandal was because Ned Fulmer came in and said, let me one up ya. I'm going to cheat with an employee. There's levels to how fucked up this is. But Adam Levine trying to name his unborn child after his mistress is kind of insane. That's maybe, uh, maybe they're still competing for that number one spot. We'll see. In other, other news, I need a smooch on the mouth. Desperately. I have been caught with porn on my phone like eight times in the last month. I don't know what this means about me. Maybe nothing. Maybe I'm just like too willy-nilly with Safari on my phone. (laughs) But I, yeah, at multiple points in the last month, I have been holding my phone being like, oh, let me show you this. Open up Safari, porn. Or like when we play trivia, we play it on my phone and sometimes I'll accidentally swipe the wrong way and all of a sudden it's like, you can see all my tabs and it's all porn. (laughs) You know, sometimes I masturbate raw to the, the just the thoughts inside my brain. We go full old school, all right? Kick it the way they used to. Um, but sometimes I want more. I need more of the fantasy, okay? Ever since I stopped having casual sex... Listen, it's mentally so much better for me, and I'm... Uh, I, I would do, I would make this choice over and over again, not having sex with people that I'm not like pretty seriously intimate with emotionally. I think it's been a great choice for me and it's something that I will stand by, but God damn, sometimes I'm like, 
like, I mean, dude, I'm fucking horny. I'll say it, but I'm also horny for love. So if I had one without the other, I know I wouldn't be satisfied. Like I could invite someone over to have sex and maybe in those brief moments, in those brief fleeting moments where I let horny brain take over, I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude. This is great. I forgot how much I loved oral. But then afterwards, when it's done, I'd be like, oh my God, I hate this. I hate it so much because I am not a casual girl. I'm not a casual girly. I, yeah, sex means a lot to me. And you know what? Good for me. (laughs) Good for me for knowing that about myself. But yeah, dude, sometimes I just like want someone else to jack the jimmies, you know? And so anyways, the reason why I said that is because I feel like I end up watching porn. I don't know, quite frequently lately, not because I ever want to watch a porn video in full. I never watch porn in full. I don't think I've ever watched a porn video in full in my entire life. I don't watch it for the storyline. I don't watch it for any type of action. I don't even watch it for the fucking. I am watching porn specifically for oral. (laughs) That's it. I just want to like watch a video of someone gently and passionately eating pussy. (laughs) That's what I want. I just want to look at it so that I can imagine that it's me. Oh God. I feel like I haven't talked about dating on the podcast in a while. This is also a stream of consciousness episode, I guess. I have some more hypothetical questions for us to unpack right after this but I feel like I haven't talked about dating on the show in a while mostly because I you know just getting back into the show there was no episodes for quite a bit of time (laughs) um dating has been actually going pretty well well you know as good as it can go (laughs) while still being single (laughs) you know I've been back on dating apps since January so it's been like you know, we're in month 10 right now. I think I've gone out with six people this year, like actually met face to face, went on at least one date with six people. Some of those were just one dates. And then some of those we started seeing each other. I'm happy that it's been going well overall, though. Like, I I think it would be easier. It would be easy for me to be like, God, nothing ever works. This sucks. Like, um, and be super disappointed in a way that makes me lose hope, which sometimes I am like that. I won't lie. (laughs) Sometimes it does just feel like exhausting having to go through the cycle over and over again, even when you're having good experiences. But I, I think that it is worth emphasizing, especially within myself that like I am having good experiences, you know, I I don't think that like a, a, the be all end all should be getting into a relationship with someone. Like I'm having fun dating. I'm having fun meeting new people and exploring connections. And I think in a way it's kind of been healing also to like actually have good dating experiences (laughs) that didn't work. Cause I feel like before a lot of my dating experiences were like so bad and like so painful. So it's kind of nice to be able to replace some of those memories with memories of things that were great but didn't work. It just feels a little bit more, I don't know, 
a little more human, a little bit easier to digest and look back on and be like, you know, it's not always super fucking personal. And we're allowed to have things that don't work and connections that don't end up growing into something bigger um, and have them not be like the most painful things ever. Anyways, let's do some hypothetical questions, shall we? (laughs) Okay, here's a good one. Do you want to be buried or cremated? Um, I've thought about this quite a bit for a few reasons, actually. Um, I definitely want to be cremated, I think, because number one, if I'm buried somewhere and then somebody somewhere is like, dude, fuck that girl. (laughs) Maddie Rosbeck, you remember her? She sucked. And they go dig up my grave and like do things to my corpse. I, well, first of all, I would haunt them. (laughs) for the rest of eternity don't try it but that just like creeps me out I when I'm dead and gone I want my body to be obliterated off the face of the planet okay I want to not exist anymore I don't want my corpse to just be like sitting below the earth slowly rotting away thinking of like bugs and maggots in my body ever even after I'm gone irks the shit out of me I I don't care Like, I know some people are like, I'm going to be dead. I don't care what happens to me. I do. Okay. Respect my beautiful figure. No maggots will ever come into contact with me. Cremate my ass immediately. Keep me sexy forever. All right. I do not want to be rotting beneath the earth. Cremate me right now. I also feel that way outside of that because I feel like going through the death of my grandfather and my grandfather's wake and funeral Uh, solidified to me that I don't want any of my loved ones to have to look at my dead body for longer than they have to. You know what I mean? Like just identify that I was the one that died. One of you go ahead and do that and then make sure that nobody ever else has to see me that way. If you don't have to see my dead body, I would prefer that you didn't. I think like after my grandfather died and my family and I, we were all at home reflecting and just talking, telling stories, having a laugh. I was like, you know, I said last week that the death of my grandfather was like the first death to anybody close to me. That was the first time that I really truly experienced and processed death and dealt with grief. Um, when that happened and we got home, like, I was like, why would anybody want to do a wake or like have a wake I was like wakes are fucking morbid they're so awful and my mom was like I was saying the same fucking thing when I die don't have a wake and I feel that way too when I die do not have a wake wakes are like like the funeral is fine the burial is fine a wake is like too much Because like, okay, for those of you that don't know what a wake is, basically it's where the family of whoever passed stands around in a room, oftentimes next to the person who passed. Sometimes there's an open casket. Sometimes there's a closed casket. You stand next to the dead body of the person that you loved for several hours while a ton of people pass through, a lot of which you might not even know. Um, and just have to listen to people be like, I'm so sorry for like four hours, huh? 
why do we do that? It's like the worst thing ever. My grandfather's wig was so awful. Cause like, I mean, I had been to open casket wakes before, but it's different when you see like someone that was so close to you like that. Also, nobody warned me that it was going to be open casket. I just walked into the room and saw my grandfather's corpse. I was like, oh my God, was nobody going to tell me it was open fucking casket? I just had no idea. So walk into the room. We first get there. Grandfather's corpse just chilling there. And I was like, word, I'm going to cry. Sobbed, was losing my mind. I'm the type of person that like, if I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry. There's no part of me that can hold in tears. The second I start crying, I will cry. doesn't matter how public it is. The amount of times I've cried in public, like you don't even want to know because I can't stop myself from crying. Once I feel that like tingle, it's out. So did grandpa it's just right there. So I'm sobbing. And then we have to get in a line and stand next to him for several hours while people come in and say sorry to us. So just, you know, awful, awful. That's so bad. It sounds so awful when you say it too. It's like, okay, I just had to stand next to my dead grandpa for four hours while people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then you have some people who show up to the wake and they would walk through the line of people and then they'd get to me and my siblings and they'd be like, I'm so sorry. By the way, who are you guys? How'd you know? How'd you know him? And I'm like, is that not the craziest thing to say to someone at a wake? It's not even like we have a huge group of people that were standing in the line either. Cause it's like my grandfather and then my grandmother. And then they had two kids, my mom and my uncle. My uncle does not have kids. So it is just my mom, my uncle, and then my dad and us kids. It's not a lot of us. So it's like, you should be able to figure out that we're his grandkids, right? Without having to ask me while we're all crying. And um, you would also think that like, if you knew my grandfather at all, you would know that he had two kids and four grandkids. Like, I feel like if you're showing up to somebody's wake, don't you know like enough about their family tree to like, at least get a, an idea. You might not know my name, but you probably know who I am, right? You can put two and two together that I'm his fucking granddaughter. I just thought it was wild. Having like the worst day of my life. <laughs> like I'm just standing next to my grandfather's dead body and I'm going to talk to all these strangers and I come up to me and be like, uh, who are you again? Who am I? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, you're going to ask me who I am as I stand next to my dead grandfather. Like it just seems crazy to me. Wakes are just like extra morbid and awful. Like funerals are not that bad to me. It's the wake that's so awful. And after we were done with it, I was like, I never want you guys to go through that with me. My family had a long conversation about this because my mom was like, yeah, I don't want to do a wake. And my grandmother was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do a wake either. We were all like, that was awful. That was so morbid. Just having to stand there and take condolences from people like I would the funeral's fine right because you're there's a service and you know people go up and they tell stories and you do the eulogy and then everyone came back to my family's house afterwards and we all just had a good time just being around family laughing telling stories reminiscing like that is part of it that feels healing and like obviously there's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of crying. Grief comes up in a lot of different ways and that's fine. 
I think that it's just better that like as it comes up, you're able to just like feel comforted in that moment. When grief and sadness were coming up for me at the wake, I was like, this is so bad. This is not comforting. I don't know these people. They don't know me. And they're speaking to me as if they had like never heard of who I was. It was like, it annoyed the shit out of me. I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And, um, yeah, now I just like, don't know if I would ever want to have a wake. I feel like when I die, I just like, you know, give me a funeral, cremate me, don't make anybody look at my dead body and then just go somewhere, go to somebody's house and just sit and tell stories about me and cry and laugh and have a good time and just be there for each other. I don't need this like big, huge wake that just like torments the people that were the closest to me so that everyone else can come and be like, oh, condolences. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm really not concerned about all that, right? Just send someone a fucking message on Facebook. I don't know. I just, it's too morbid for me. I wouldn't want to put people through that. It was just too emotionally bad for me. So anyways, tangent about wakes, I guess. But yeah, I definitely, I would want to be cremated. (laughs) Um, Is it better to save a sibling or five strangers if a building is on fire? Now, we could talk about like morally, which one is better? Five people or one person. And obviously the answer is five, uh, but to be fucking honest, <laughs> I'm going to save my sibling every time. <laughs> I, like I get that maybe overall it'd be a net positive to save five people, but it would be a net negative for me personally because I don't know those people. They could be bad people for all I know. Like they could be the anonymous accounts that bully me on the internet. And I just saved five of them to sacrifice one of my siblings? Nah, I'm sorry. You guys should maybe get your own siblings that could save you out of a fire (laughs) because I'm saving my sibling. (laughs) Sorry. And I actually, I don't think that that should be a controversial take. I think that like if you're in a burning building, obviously like save what you can, do what you can. But let's say you can only do one like save the person that's closest to you. Um, would you be willing to have your left middle finger surgically removed if it meant you'd never get sick again? Fucking obviously. That seems like such a minor loss. It's basically saying like, could you have four fingers on one hand? And then you'll never get sick again. Yeah, I can have four fingers on one hand. That's ridiculous. Who would say no to that? Like, who's that attached to their left middle finger? It's not even that important of a finger. Like, what is, without that, why, two in the pink, one in the sink, sorry. I Why do I need that finger? <laughs> I just feel like. This is a no-brainer. To never get sick ever again? That seems like a... Yeah, of course I would get my middle finger surgically removed in exchange for never getting sick again. Because it's not even like they're saying, do you want to get it brutally ripped off? It's like they're saying surgically. Like, they're going to take me in. 
They'll probably put me under. Give me some anesthesia. Yeah, take that thingy. <laughs> Get it out of here. <laughs> um, I love this next question because I'm like, who would answer this in a different way? It says, what would you do if you were alone at home late at night and heard footsteps in your apartment or house? Would you panic or stay calm? Who the fuck is staying calm in that scenario? <laughs> of course I'm panicking. What the fuck? Who's going to stay calm? They're like, so there's a home intrusion. <laughs> are you going to be besties with the intruder? Or are you going to be scared like a little baby in the corner? Like, yeah, I'm pissing and shitting myself in the corner. What are you talking about? What are you What are you talking about? You're going to be calm during a home invasion? Yeah, dude, I'm scared as fuck. Stop being a liar. I'm you toughies on the internet acting like you're all big and big and brave. I know that you'd be scared shitless if there was a stranger inside your home. Don't be don't lie to me. Don't fucking lie to me. Speaking of lying, how would the world be different if everyone were incapable of lying? <laughs> I saw this one and I was like, that's an interesting question. I feel like if everyone were incapable of lying, Everyone would have way fewer friends, but the friends that you do have will be much better in quality. That seems like a net positive to me. Also, they said nobody was able to lie. Not that you couldn't just shut the fuck up. You know, shutting the fuck up isn't lying. You know, you don't have to share everything. It's not like everything you think immediately comes out of your mouth. It's that you can't lie, which I think is good. How often do you need to lie? Like, how often do you need to lie where not speaking is not an option? Because you could just not say anything. And that's not lying. That's just you haven't said anything. You're keeping it to yourself. You're minding your own business. I feel like as long as you're still allowed to mind your own business, giving up lying only is going to impact shitty people. Right? Because <laughs> the people that lie a lot they're going to have a hard time. They're going to have it rough. It's it's going to be a hard life for them. They're going to be pretty unlikable people. But for everyone that's not that, I feel like it would be kind of fine. You definitely have less friends. But the ones that you do have would be better in quality, which I think overall is what everyone should strive for in general. I think quality over quantity is always better. And so I feel like if we lived in a world where lying didn't exist, that would probably just naturally happen. Right? No more cheaters. <laughs> Ned Fulmer, extinct. <laughs> um, and then my last question here is, do you want someone to tell you exactly what you'll be doing in 20 years if you couldn't do anything about your future? My answer here is easy and it is a hard no. <laughs> I don't want to know anything about my future. I, I've thought about it before. I've thought about being like, oh, well, maybe it would be cool to like go to a psychic just to see what they would say. I don't know if I totally buy into it. But I'm like interested enough where I'm like, oh, I would see. And I would just like keep track of what they said over like the next five years to see if anything came true to like test how legit they were. But then I start to get worried and I start to be like, well, what if they told me something that I really didn't want to hear? 
And then I was just like perpetually scared until that thing happened or didn't happen. Or what if they told me something I really wanted to hear and then when it didn't happen, I like entered a great state of depression because that thing didn't happen. Like I feel like I just would be too emotionally attached to anything somebody could tell me in that situation. And I don't think it would be good for me to have that information because also I would be worried that I could do something or act in some way to shift my destiny without knowing and then lose the things that I'm planning for. It's just too much. I think it's better not to have that information. What do I need to do with that information? Don't give it to me. You know, I just don't think that I need it. And so, no, I don't want to know anything about my life. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I would want to know some things where it's like, I don't want to know details, but if you could just be like, Oh, you're going to meet your soulmate at age 34. If someone told me that, like if someone told me Maddie guaranteed without a shadow of a doubt, you will meet your soulmate at 34. You'll meet your soulmate at 52. I would shut the fuck up about dating until then. (laughs) I would delete the apps. I would get off everything. I'd be like, word, I can live a peaceful life until then and just avoid everyone else. But then in my head, I'm like, okay, if that actually did happen, if someone was like, you're meeting your soulmate at age 34. And I was like, cool, I'm just going to stop dating until then and live like my peaceful solo life away from everybody that can hurt my feelings. Like what's even the point of dating in the meantime? But then what if that decision interferes with, my soulmate getting to me, right? I don't know. I think it's just better that I don't know. I don't, I just am too, I don't know if a superstitious is the right way to put it, but I'm just a little bit too nervous that if I had access to that information, I would worry about it. I would get fixated on it. And then I would be stressed out that I could be accidentally changing my destiny. <laughs> I just like to believe that like my life will happen as it happens and um, I don't need to know in advance. That's simply none of my business. Um, okay. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for hanging with me and doing another little stream of consciousness episode. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to try to get one of my friends to come on the show next week. TBD. And we'll probably answer some more bits of advice. So if you want to tell me what's going on in your life, get some perspective, fresh perspective on a situation that's going on for you, uh, there is a link to where you'll be able to submit your stories, your requests for advice in both the description of the podcast on the YouTube channel and the link that I keep in the description of the podcast Instagram, which is at emotionally online pod. Uh, be sure to follow me if you haven't already, because I'm super sexy and so much fun. And my name is Maddie Drosbeck. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and I will see you next week. Bye.